Section four of True Stories About Pets, edited by Jane Gray Swisshelm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tom and Others by Mrs. Jane G. Swisshelm. Chapter one Why I Did Not Succeed with Poultry. A long time ago, we went to live on a farm and I was very happy in the many plans about all the things I was going to have and do. I would have bossies, big, staggering, blundering, obstinate bossies. I would have lammies, large-headed, thick-legged, wobbling, awkward lammies. And I should watch them and tend them while they learned to eat and walk and run and frisk and gamble watch them till they grew so active and graceful that poets could write songs about them and market men perhaps read the songs and think how pretty they were i should have ever so many cunning amiable pink-backed little pigs that never would need to learn anything but would spend all their time eating and forgetting and growing ugly then oh but i would have such flocks of green downy goslings spry gray ducklings yellow puffball chicks and stupid melancholy young turkeys i would feed and care for these until they changed their baby clothes for brand new coats and grew to be large and respectable poultry and i thought indeed that nobody ever did have quite such a nice time as i was engaging for myself the farm to which we were going was just the place to have all kinds of domestic animals there was plenty of pasture for cows and calves and sheep and lambs and pigs plenty of water for ducks and geese plenty of barnyard for them and all the turkeys and chickens any one need want so what was to hinder my success in the pig and poultry business it is a long time since people began to count chickens before they are hatched and we had not been farming a great while until folks found out that i had been doing a good deal of this kind of counting it is not every schoolmistress who makes a good farmer's wife but i still think i should have gotten on with the pigs and the chicks very well if it had not been for our pets yes the more i think of it the more i feel certain that the principal fault of that failure lay with those pets not that they objected to ducks or geese or hens or sheep or anything in that line but they were officious and always interfered with my plans first there was tom as pretty a creature as ever any one need wish to see and so interesting tom was a favorite throughout the whole neighborhood and had so many callers and admirers that we were all thrown in the shade tom loved poultry and pigs and lambs as well as any one but he would eat them before they were cooked nay he would have them before they were half grown no matter what was said to him he ate them just the same feathers fur and all and never waited for a knife or fork no matter how much i remonstrated or explained he kept right on as he had begun although i never had a pupil that i tried so hard to educate and refine perhaps it is not strange that i failed to make a gentleman of tom for he was a very lively young panther almost a year old and full six feet long when i saw him first 
if i had taken him young and before his habits were formed i might have made something more of him as it was the only change that ever came to tom was that every day he grew older larger and worse could eat more pigs and chickens and more of a great many other things tom had a small house all to himself which stood in a corner by the great stone chimney just outside the house so that he and i lived under the same roof most of the time for nearly three years and got pretty well acquainted he wore a strong leather collar and was fastened to his house by a chain six feet long so he could step out and take the air his master thought him a beauty and never wearied of his tricks could not understand why people should be afraid of him and said that pigs and poultry ought to keep out of the way it was a small way for his entire domain was a semicircle of six feet across while the pigs and poultry had free range of so much space that there was no excuse for their trespasses on tom's ground this was all true but i had no more success in educating the pigs and chickens than in training tom himself there the cunning rascal would lie in wait for them his green eyes all ablaze and his body still as a log all but the tip of the tail which would wag wag back and forth until some silly creature came within reach and that was the last of it but tom never did want so much to catch anything as a child no matter what child the sight of one drove him frantic and oh so many children came or were brought to see him i do not think my heart has ever quite recovered from the standstills it used to have those three long years when it so often seemed probable that tom would catch a child but tom was not our only pet and i liked billy ever so much better he was a young deer and it was exciting to see tom watch to catch billy and billy watch tom eat grass right in front of him and look at his foe as if he said don't you wish i would tom would be so provoked that he'd spring with all his might the chain jerked him back billy sprang over the fence and darted off the men laughed and shouted and next day billy came again to see tom and have some more sport with him tom was not the only enemy billy had to watch for big bear and little bear were chained in the meadow behind the house and either of them would have liked to catch him so when he came racing down the meadow in great rainbow leaps to spring over the tall picket fence into the middle of the garden out on to the road away through the lower orchard past the mill and back again he had to take good care that messrs bear did not spoil his frolic these four pets were nice enough but the pet i liked best of all was kate a large cream-coloured horse with fiery eyes small head arched back slender legs and superb black mane and tail kate could canter and rack and pace it was splendid sport to get a saddle on her back and go over the hills and far away but riding was not ploughing or making furrows for corn and potatoes the men wanted kate to make furrows and draw a buggy and she had made up her mind to do nothing of the sort she liked carrying a lady in a long skirt if she sat straight in the saddle 
but resolved that was all she would do she gave due notice of her resolution by kicking the buggy to pieces and putting the plough harness into very bad condition but three men were not to be balked by one horse kate must draw a sulky at least one man galloped very fast after a doctor that afternoon while another lay insensible in a fence corner and kate was never again hitched to a buggy it was not long however until she fell in love with nance a large dark bay horse very strong and gentle and almost as wise as a man kate would do anything to help nance and to keep close to her so they worked together in double harness beautifully and pulled together all their lives from that time forward our first cow was also a beauty and like our other pets had some unpleasant traits she would not let a man or boy milk her would chase a dog clear off the farm watched for a chance to teach tom he had no business there and to drive those two bears out of the meadow while tom or either of the bears would have liked nothing better than to have come into close quarters with old blackie and it was some trouble to keep the peace between them she did not like amanda araminta at first and sent her off in a hurry with her milk pails then gave me notice not to come there to milk with that ring on my finger she was not going to stand any nonsense but when her terms were complied with she did give such pails of delicious milk and yellow cream that she had a right to be particular all things considered we had quite a stirring time that first spring of life on a farm and it was not often a day passed without bringing us some excitement if tom did not catch a hen or a neighbor's dog he had made an attempt billy had eaten the lettuce or beets big bear or little bear had nabbed a pig or goose that had no business to be in the meadow kate had kicked something to pieces or blackie sent the milk pails or milkers sprawling and so we had no need to go to the circus chapter two how tom and billy got on in life one morning that first summer i was waked by the most frightful cries grandmother and amanda araminta were rushing through the house wringing their hands and crying out tom is killing someone run run tom is killing someone tom's master sprang out of bed and ran quick enough i followed to take him a stick he did not wait to get one and i thought he could do nothing with tom without a stick we both rushed out of the front door the women stayed downstairs and screamed the men put their heads out of the windows upstairs and called to tom's master to hurry hurry or he would be too late it was just daybreak and a dense fog had settled in the valley i soon found the stick but the man to use it had disappeared in the fog everything had disappeared in that fog one could see nothing at a distance of three or four feet but if there was no sight there was plenty of sound the two women still shrieked and prayed the men called and out of the mist came despairing terrible cries my god my god take him off take him off those wails came from the public road on the other side of the mill race i must go to the bridge to get across the man would be dead before i got there 
it was a man's voice full of mortal agony i had seen tom kill so many things and knew so well how he did it the cries grew weaker and i felt that every one would be the last i was on the bridge within three yards of the terrible scene when sure enough the sounds ceased there was a heavy thud as of someone falling i was too late and stopped to cover my eyes when i heard a gruff voice exclaim i wonder the cats haven't eaten you a long time ago and tom's master stalked up to the bridge on his way to the house when i asked him what the matter was he snapped out oh some fool got that frightened at billy here then was the beginning of a new trouble billy was getting horns and giving notice of how he meant to use them they were sprouting up out of his head and as large as two walnuts he would have hurt the poor man with them if he could but they were not yet large enough i knew he was going to be dangerous and wanted to have him killed but every one took his part it was so clever of a little fellow like billy to catch a lubberly man six feet high knock him up against a bank and make him stand there to be kneaded like a lump of dough billy was a hero and the poor man was laughed at till he had to leave the neighborhood it was a great pity he had heard there was a panther at the house and as he had never seen one or a deer either when some strange creature attacked him in the fog he thought of course it was the panther and expected to be killed billy was not even shut up but was petted and feasted and praised like any other conqueror when his horns came to be horns and not knobs he made many a one of his admirers get up on a fence pretty nimbly and that was good enough for them but he frightened folks who did not deserve it and still the people took his part a strong resolute boy by taking hold of his horns could make him behave sometimes one would jump on his back for a ride and get a fine tumble but there was no use to say a word against billy even the folks he made scamper did not want him shut up there was not another deer in the country he was very beautiful and graceful and they liked to see such a fleet creature bound over the fences across the fields and through the woods it was sport to set dogs after him to see him toss them with his horns stamp them with his forefeet send them flying with his hind feet or skip off leaving them to wonder what had become of him all that summer he frolicked and visited and all the next winter the next spring his horns dropped off and he got another pair with a prong on each no boy ever was so proud of a new pair of boots as billy of his new horns he was large and strong too a splendid fellow i made him a new collar red with his name on it to wear with his new horns and there was not another such dandy in that country one sabbath morning he found himself three miles from home and concluded to go to church i don't believe he cared for a sermon and so suspect he went to show his shiny coat bright red collar and branching horns indeed i am certain it was nothing good took billy to church that sultry sunday for he did not go till the pews were crowded full of people it was a methodist church and that was quarterly meeting 
so the whole neighborhood was present to witness billy's piety and admire his finery he waited outside for the presiding elder who was a large man very plump rosy grave and dignified and much engaged that morning thinking of the sermon he was going to preach the church door was open and when the elder went in billy went too just behind him there was a matting on the floor which deadened the sound of billy's hoofs so the elder walked slowly up the middle aisle and billy after him making motions with his head as if he wanted him to hurry along to the pulpit and begin his sermon the good man did walk very slowly on quarterly meeting days it was no wonder then if billy intended staying for the sermon he should want to get it started but still he kept behind and only made passes until the elder halted at the altar steps to put down his hat which delay billy concluded was rather too much for the patience of any worshipper of his dignity to endure so gave the unlucky elder such a knock as to send him into the pulpit in an oriental attitude of devotion this exploit wound up billy's career no one would plead for him any more he made very good venison and the elder laughed while he ate a piece and thought it a pity to have killed billy for a frolic which did no one any harm chapter three the baby and the bear that first spring when tom was trying to catch billy when billy was bounding in and out of the garden when big bear and little bear were on the lookout for pigs when tom was frantic to get a hold of a child and we did not know what the bears might do to one when kate was kicking and blacky hooking a friend came to visit us and brought a baby eighteen months old she wanted to go on several hundred miles further to visit some other friends there were no railroads in those days and it would be very hard to carry so young a child so far in a stagecoach so mamma left baby maria with me and went on to make her visit when i think of it now it seems that we must both have been crazy baby could walk and run almost as fast as i and get through places that i could not but i thought i could take care of her and meant to do so tom's walk came close to the fence so we had boards nailed over the cracks to keep him from seeing her i sometimes wake in the night now and think of that baby and that panther with a low board partition between them but i watched her so closely that she did not get into any special danger until it was almost time for mamma to come and i had begun to feel easy one day i was busy in the kitchen and thought she was playing with her blocks in the dining-room i happened to glance out of the window and there she was climbing through the bars of the meadow gate and big bear three or four yards off watching her he was crosser than little bear they were both hungry and none of the men were about the house i thought of it all in a flash could i reach baby before she reached the bear i knew she was going straight to him if i called she would run faster should i get something to try to kill the bear if he caught her before i did no this would be useless my only chance was catching her first i never could run fast and knew it but i did not break the dish i held 
and must have got to that gate and through it without much loss of time all the way i could see baby hurrying to the bear her little hands outstretched he was at the end of his chain watching her as i had seen him watch a pig that he had caught and killed i was coming coming but full eight feet from her and she two feet from the bear that stood waiting with that hungry cruel look it was too late there was no hope i could make it no worse by frightening her so i screamed out my agony she was startled she stumbled fell and i had her the disappointed monster bellowed jumped and strained at his chain but it did not break and soon after that baby maria left us chapter four educating tom there never was a day of tom's life in which i would not have paid anyone to kill him but people thought me cruel no one else wanted the pretty creature killed and every one but his master was too much afraid of him to attempt his life i really do not think there was a man in that part of the country who would have dared to shoot at tom as he stood chained in his corner by the old stone chimney his master had taken him when he was quite a kitten and thought he might be trained and taught to be as harmless as he was beautiful he had heard of a farmer who kept a panther for a watchdog of one who used to play with the children and be as gentle as a lamb he had been training tom a long time and had perfect control over him when he struck him behind the ear he was often away from home so i concluded that i had better train tom i had read about the man who took a thorn out of the lion's foot and lived with him in peace ever after i knew that a very lovely young lady named una had once had a lion that was a great comfort to her i knew that little deeds of kindness little words of love make this world an eden like the heaven above after turning it all over in my mind i concluded that maybe tom and i ought to come to be another edition of mary and her lamb it would be delightful to know that thousands of happy children were repeating a lady had a panther large his coat was striped and gray and everywhere the lady went that panther led the way he went with her to church one day to guard his mistress dear and when he lay down in the aisle the people thought it queer the sexton came to turn him out he uttered cries of woe he would not leave the lady's side because he loved her so there there the gentle preacher said o sexton cease tis vain tis love that makes the creature cry the record now is plain the lion and the lamb you know together shall lie down this thomas greycoat is the friend of every lamb in town see the reward that still awaits all loving trust and cares our saintly sister here converts her panther and her bears that would be the reward of merit worth striving for tom and i would be put in a book besides mary's lamb and mary so i went to work in good earnest to teach this cruel wicked world its duty towards panthers for months i petted tom and fed tom and talked to tom every day i stroked tom's head and shook his paw 
and stroked his head and shook his paw and fed him and talked to him that was all i could do he did not get a thorn in his foot so i could render him no service of that sort but i did think and everybody else thought i was making good progress in taming him he winked when i put my hand on his head and we all remarked that he looked wise he minded when i spoke or we felt that he did i have no doubt to this day but he heard every word i said to him for his hearing was excellent he ate all the bread and butter i gave him all the mashed potatoes when there was plenty of fresh eggs and milk in them he took pap enough from dishes i brought to have fed a dozen hungry children complimented me by approving of my blanc mange devoured cooked meat with a relish and behaved most obligingly for i could not let him have raw meat as it would make him savage he bore this interference with his tastes in an exemplary manner all day consoling himself with a chicken or a dog or a pig when opportunity offered but when evening came and the sun was down he made us understand that he would like to do his own marketing he would walk back and forth the length of his chain lash his long tail raise his head proudly sniff the air then give such a shriek as would make the valleys ring stop to listen as if expecting an answer stretch his head forward then start to run be suddenly checked raise his head again gnash his teeth and pant till the foam hung on his lips when tom shrieked the bears were certain to bellow and with plenty of frogs in the mill race it made quite a concert the folks on the valley farms must have been stupid if they did not come to be judges of music tom's eyes were always green and fiery when excited at night they glowed like live coals one could see them shining in the dark when one could not see him or anything else the darker it was the brighter his eyes burned and glowed but during those months when i was educating him he did seem to mind me all day while thus progressing in his favor and when not afraid to go close up to him i was thrown from a carriage badly hurt brought home and kept in bed six weeks when able to go on crutches the very first time i stepped out of doors i went to see tom for i wanted to keep some control over him i went quite near before i saw that tom really did love me he loved me very much so much that he intended to eat me he was lying on his side when i passed the corner and rose when he saw me as if to say good morning he then lay down flat his head on his forepaws his hind legs under him his tail stretched out straight he kept perfectly motionless all but about four inches of the point of his tail which moved back and forth like a pendulum i knew what that meant but was within his reach before i realized the danger i had heard that a panther would not jump while looking into a human eye he looked steady enough into mine i must not flinch or look away how long could i stand there some person or animal was sure to come along and if anything moved that would be his signal i talked to him and said tom tom poor tom 
they heard me in the house and thought tom and i must still be good friends and that he was showing himself glad to see me sure enough that was exactly what he was doing for he had not yet had his dinner his eyes every moment became greener and more fiery every moment i was moving my crutches cautiously backward i had them planted but was afraid to move at last someone was coming tom would make his leap and my only hope was to get out of his range i swung myself back on my crutches and quite beyond them i felt his hot breath on my face the rush of air against it and thought he had me but the chain was too short his leap had been furious for the sudden jerk on the collar threw him against a post he clung to this and glared at me but i was out of his reach and concluded then and there that i had no special mission for taming panthers mary and her lamb might wear their laurels till doomsday for all i cared i went in looked at the clock and found that mr tom and i had been admiring each other a good ten minutes but i never made him any more pap chapter five i have a visit extraordinary our first winter on a farm was very cold one bitter day in february i looked out of the kitchen window and there was monsieur big bear prowling about through our back yard as cool as the weather i was alone not even a cat or canary in the house big bear was always savage and had not been fed since early morning the schools would soon be out and as some little folks passed that way on their way home he must not be hungry isaac had left a large pot of porridge ready for bruin's supper i put as much of it with milk in a bucket as i thought would content him watched until he was not near by set it out called him hurried in and closed the door little bear saw him eating struggled until he too broke his chain and i had them both on my hands while they quarrelled over the first bucket i set out another but they spilled so much they were not half satisfied had found out where the supply came from and must have more so they bellowed and attacked the door it was made in two parts i knew they would tear it to pieces and i must defend it i had heard that bears were afraid of fire and there were some splendid hickory brands in the fireplace i took up one and opened the upper half of the door a little way there they stood with forepaws on the lower half their hot breath puffed into my face but i had the brand at their noses too soon to let them make an effort to leap over i did not want to burn them for fear of making them furious and was careful not to touch either they did not like the fire and growled and shook their heads they tried first on one side then on the other got down and up again growled and attempted to pass that small movable barrier but it moved as they did fortunately for me they acted together when one turned to the right the other turned with him and so back again we must have contested that passage for fifteen minutes before it occurred to them there was another way into the kitchen they started together and together reached the window i was there when they arrived and that hickory brand was still before their eyes 
they growled and dodged some time trying to pass it then started for the next window which i gained as soon as they we went through the old manoeuvres when back they trudged to the kitchen window then to the door and once more to the windows all at once they remembered there was another side to the house and started around past tom's domain to the parlor windows there i thought what if they should stop to have a tussle with tom he was shut up that morning but one of those bears working from the outside for something he wanted within would make short work of that cage tom would kill them and he be loose i turned this all over in my mind while going to meet the brothers at the parlor windows they came promptly and i was glad to see them from one to another they went then to the dining-room windows one after another but at last they concluded there was something dangerous in that establishment and went and climbed a tree i got the buckets filled them with porridge and milk put in plenty of sugar set them out and called the gentleman in black to supper they came fast enough took their repast turned over the buckets to be sure there was no more on the other side came to the door to inquire about sugar and found fire thought they might have been mistaken about the windows went clear around the house for a reinspection concluded that there was nothing in it that would pay for going after grew good-tempered and stood up for a boxing match wrestled rolled and tumbled went over to the corn crib and cider press then scampered off through the orchard and away to the woods it would not do to let them remain at large so wrapping up i took the dinner horn and a fresh brand and started to hunt isaac i knew he was in the southeast ravine chopping wood as i went along i traced big bear's trail in the snow and found he had made quite an excursion before i saw him when finding isaac i wanted him to get some of the neighbors with guns and go and shoot those bears he laughed shook his head and said that won't do nohow it did not appear to be safe for him to go alone and unarmed after the creatures but he nodded his head saying don't you be afraid i'll fetch em home all right then he took a short stick and a bucket of sweetened feed started out and about dark came leading big bear with little bear following he had traced them easily enough and found them in a tree getting hickory nuts coaxed them along with the feed and when one grew familiar and wanted to hug him napped him on the ed with the stick if any one could catch bears and tame them with sugar and kindness it would have been isaac but the good behavior of a bear is not to be relied upon it was not long after this that he escaped from big bear only by his employer being near enough to knock his lordship down chapter six tom finds another victim spring and summer passed the sun rose and set until it was time to make hay in the large meadow one bright forenoon it threatened rain a great deal of hay was down and there was a call for hands my help was a rosy girl who would much rather make hay than work in a hot kitchen i was vain of my harvest dinners and had an idea that nobody could cook one as well as myself 
so i stayed at home that day all alone and got dinner during the morning a neighbor came on business and went up into the meadow but his dog stayed with me watch was a very large valuable animal and did not know that i did not like dogs i wanted some parsley and went out at the hall door as that was the nearest way to the garden i had forgotten about tom and was startled to come upon him crouched for a spring at a cow that was almost within his reach and instantly he made the leap the chain was too short and jerked him to the ground the cow bellowed and ran her bell rattled watch sprang at tom and they closed in a death struggle at my feet i ran for the dinner horn to call the men thinking that tom would have watch killed before they could come in the kitchen lay a heavy sharp hatchet and i thought that i might hit tom on the head with it and save watch i got the horn picked up the hatchet and ran fast as i could to help poor watch when i reached the place behold no watch no tom was there and i had not been gone two minutes what had happened the ground was all torn and bloody but no dog or panther to be seen i turned to look and there not twenty feet from me stood tom tom loose tom free i could scarce believe my senses nothing so terrible as this had ever before happened he had mounted a log and stood with head erect and drooping tail sniffing the air as he did in the evening when he wanted to start off for a hunt why didn't watch hold him he began the fight had released him and ran away from his foe oh the coward but tom's jaws were dripping and his white throat all stained with poor watch's blood there was a short bit of a chain attached to his collar that rattled on the log when he turned his head i blew the horn and the creature gave one of his wild shrieks i thought he was going to start and was afraid i would lose sight of him i knew his master would not be long in coming i could surely keep guard until then i went nearer so that i might talk to him and divert his attention from running away who could tell what he might do i said tom tom poor tom and thought of all the men who had guns could any of them find tom if he were loose in the woods would any of them be able to shoot him if they did i stayed near him and talked tom be quiet sir and walked about thinking he would not be so likely to crouch and spring on me if i moved all the time the queerest thoughts kept running through my head our father in heaven would not let tom run away and kill someone there the king and i were standing face and face together i says how is your majesty it's mighty pleasant weather nice weather isn't it tom king tom you are splendid just like a statue of attention i wonder if my peas will burn there the statue is moving will he get across and have me for his dinner before any one comes the flies will get in my cream oh i hear him coming and long before i expected tom's master rushed between us i do not remember how he captured tom but he soon led him to his cage 
when he was secured the dog's master came from the meadow in a towering passion poor watch had dragged himself to his feet to die and no wonder he was angry tom's master thought watch had no business to place himself in danger for my part i was very glad to find that my peas were not burned and that i had not forgotten to cover the cream chapter seven tom grows independent if i should write a history of all the achievements of tom and billy and the bruin brothers it would make a very large book it was not long after we got rid of billy that the butcher came and took away the bears tom's master concluded to sell him to a menagerie man the first opportunity and then my time would come for goslings and chicks tom had grown to be a splendid specimen full nine feet long from the point of his nose to the tip of his tail but all his taming had not broken his spirit he would keep quiet during the day if nothing came near he thought he could catch but after sunset he always grew restless no matter how savage he was he would lie down at his master's command his master liked to conquer him and often took animals away after he had caught them because he wanted to train him he laughed at folks for being afraid said tom had never hurt anyone and never would one cold winter morning a man came who had ridden ten miles on horseback to know if that panther was roaming the country some hunters had seen tracks in the snow and thought he must have made them another man came from an opposite direction our panther had been seen in his neighborhood another came and another but tom had not been loose this was very unpleasant yet no one wanted to have tom killed they liked to come and look at him it did not cost anything and was as good as a show one morning i was waked by shrieks in the house calls outside heavy rapid steps and scurrying feet the whole air seemed full of fright and i knew tom was in mischief i was in the hall in about three seconds sure enough there was tom in the dining-room it was summer now and the doors were open his master was running up the yard fast as he could and rushed in at the door shouting where is he he had found him loose crouching in a fence corner the men had refused to aid in his recapture and ran and shut themselves up in the barn he had tried twice to catch him but tom was so confused by his pursuit and commands that he ran into the house here he was to answer for himself he marched under the table and laid down his master took hold of his neck come along tom this was just what tom was not going to do old master might go along himself but tom had made up his mind to stay under that table i did not wonder for it was the nicest place he had found since leaving his native country there was no carpet on his house in the chimney corner no blinds to the windows no sweet briar to shut out the light this room was better than the one they had given him and an arkansas stranger ought to have nice quarters one thing certain he was not going to vacate until he was ready the leaves of the table almost touched the floor and so protected him 
when the men of england wore brass collars their masters could manage them quite easily while tom wore a collar his master could manage him the collar was gone and now who was master the only way to secure tom was to get him into his cage he had probably been roaming all night and would go in if he saw it he must go and the man who used to be his master tried to drag him he resisted and growled until the women upstairs screamed the men in the barn heard him too and kept quiet tom would not go to his cage the cage must come to tom i could no more lift it than a mountain but i could hold tom as well as anybody the ex-master objected but there was no other way he resigned his place to me went as far as the hall came back saw that tom and i were getting on finely and went out i said tom tom poor tom tom winked and shrugged his shoulders as if he thought me a humbug i patted his head and said good tom there tom he turned one eye he thought he heard a chicken i said be still tom good tom tom licked his lips cracked his teeth together shifted his weight from one elbow to the other blinked at a fly and put his head on his paws i did not like that so pulled up his head and spoke very sternly be still tom be still sir he looked at me as much as to say oh bother but he let me hold his head and pat it tom behaved like a gentleman or an old tabby cat and we were having the nicest kind of a time when that great six-footer of a man had to come back he was always getting between tom and me and now after going for that cage and bringing it halfway had taken it back and put it in the old corner and came to conquer tom to conquer tom without a stick i thought this great folly but gave up my place and asked him to keep quiet until i brought his stick i intended to bring a stick true enough yes two sticks and one would have a good heavy hatchet on one end when i reached the hall there was a struggle in the dining-room the women upstairs screamed there was a smash a crash tom was through the window and had taken the sash with him i reached the front door in time to see his tail disappear around the corner of the house before i got to the corner the ex-master passed me tom was in his cage and nobody hurt he had a new collar and chain after that the corn crib was cleaned out and he chained in it here he had room to walk but not to spring and could not break his fetters he lived in the corn crib a long time had as many visitors as a congressman held levies every few days and improved his voice in the evening and became a great vocalist there were no steam whistles in those days but tom gave promise of things to come in the region of sound one day i had good news from tom the first i ever had heard of him he was sick next day the news was better and tom was worse next day it was still better he was much worse the next 
his skin was stretched on sticks and hung in the garret this cured me of ever wanting to live on the upper floor of the house this is the end of tom's story end of section four